You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome to the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad that you're joining us for another episode. If this is your first time listening, we'd encourage you to come in and stay a while, listen to what we have to say. And if you haven't done so already, we would encourage you to become a subscriber. You can do that by hitting that subscribe uh, button uh, there in the podcast application that you're listening to. And uh, when you do become a subscriber, you will get our episodes on a regular basis when we release those. We try to release episodes every week um, at 7 p.m. or sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Sunday evening. So I encourage you, if you have not done so already, please subscribe. Now, uh, Dad, we have listeners uh, who are listening listening in from all over the country, uh, the United States, but also countries around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would love to connect with some of these. Uh, That's folks, right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, I know you would, Dad, as well. Uh, so we encourage you to uh, send us an email over to bonefireministries at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love just to have a conversation with you, uh, hear about where you're listening from, uh, what you uh, like or maybe don't like about the podcast, and uh, maybe you have a prayer request uh, that you'd like for us to be uh, praying with you. We'd love to partner with you and do that. And so uh, it only takes a second. Just shoot us a quick email, bonefireministries at gmail.com. Well, on this episode, we are going to be continuing our study through Faith's Hall of Fame found in Hebrews chapter 11. And I believe this is our eighth episode in the series. And so if you haven't done so already, if you're not up to date, I would encourage you to go back, watch or listen to each of those episodes. I think there's something in each one of those that you will find helpful and will be a blessing to you. And uh, the series has just been a blessing to me and I think it, uh, to you as well, Dad. Mm-hmm. And um, and so just go back and check those out, and uh, you can pick up now and listen to this one, and then go go back and check those. In Faith's Hall of Fame, we now come to the great grandson of Abraham, the grandson of Isaac, and the eleventh son of Jacob. That being the first son born through his favored wife Rachel. If you know your Old Testament genealogy, then you know we're going to be talking about Joseph. Uh, today. And uh, you can find Joseph's story in the book of Genesis. Uh, you'll find it really starting in chapter 37, going all the way through 50. And Dad, as I was studying and, and kind of reading by different authors, I saw this uh, stat mentioned a couple times that about a fourth of the 50 chapters in the book of Genesis are devoted to the life of Joseph. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the same number of chapters that are used to cover Abraham's life. And that's so that's right. that's pretty impressive and amazing considering that Joseph is not in the Messianic tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not part of, of the, the, the bloodline leading to Christ. And yet there's still so much given uh, to Joseph. And I think that's because there's a lot in Joseph's life that, that we can learn. You know, in our base text for today, again, coming from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, looking at verse 22, we read about him. It says, By faith, Joseph, when dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. And so we know because he's in the hall of faith that Joseph had great faith. And in fact, he displayed um, astounding faith and amazing character throughout his life events. And we're going to be covering some of those events today. You know, while um, Abraham probably is, is certainly more important spiritually, 
I believe that Joseph's life may be more important practically. And as we talk through his life today, I think you'll see a lot of practical applications of things that you can uh, learn from Joseph and apply to your life uh, to get you uh, to a life of faith and uh, to finish this race strong. And so we've got a lot of Bible ground to cover today. Again, his life covers from chapter 37 to 50, and for a second time, we can't cover every aspect, but we're going to do our best to hit the highlights of Joseph's life. And as we do, we want to consider Joseph's prophecy, his plight, his promotion, and his proclamation. And so uh, we're going to dive right into this and start with Joseph's prophecy. Now, after the announcement of his birth, the next time we see Joseph, he's about 17 years old and he's a young man. Our Bible tells us that Jacob, uh, Joseph's father, loved Joseph more than any of his other brothers because he was the son of his old age. We were also told that uh, Jacob gave Joseph a special tunic made of many colors. Now, many of you, if you've uh, gone to Sunday school and maybe a vacation Bible school as a child, or even maybe have some of those uh, children's Bible story books, you probably heard the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. Mm-hmm. And uh, his father just loved him, and, and it was his, again, his favorite son, and that was the firstborn son of his favorite wife. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have this favoritism here uh, at play again, and no doubt the favoritism caused uh, issues in the family. And you would think, as we talked about Jacob last week, that he would have learned uh, you know, from his, his past, right? Uh, right. There was favoritism in his his family early on, and that led to the trouble between him and his brother. But here he is doing the same thing, showing favoritism again. And we we learn from the scripture that Joseph's brothers hated him because of the favoritism shown to him, mm-hmm. and uh, shown to him by Jacob, by his father. And uh, they noticed it. They picked up on it. They said, hey, you know, he's got a, a, a nice new coat of many colors. Where's our coat? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they didn't have uh, those uh, favorite things that was being given to him. And so uh, just a lot of tension there in the family. And with the tension already high, things just got work, worse because Joseph began to have dreams. And uh, these dreams that would ultimately enrage his brothers. The Bible tells us about two dreams that Joseph had. The first one is found in Genesis 37, verses 5 through 7. So let's read that together. If you got your Bible, I encourage you to turn over to Genesis 37, starting at verse 5. It says, Now Joseph had a dream and told it to his brothers. That's probably his first mistake. Um, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. Um, there we were, a binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheave arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood around and bowed to my sheaf. And so uh, basically he was uh, picturing this imagery of him being in a greater stature and his brothers bowing down to him. Well, this didn't do anything for that brotherly relationship there. Right. Uh, that just enraged him even more. But he had another dream, and he shared that with his brothers also. And that one's told about in Genesis 37, uh, verse 9. Let's look at it. It says, Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have had a dream, another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars 
bow down to me. Now, uh, this one, he got to his parents and they, they mm-hmm. said, hey, what are you doing? Are you trying to say that we're going to bow down to you uh, as well? You know, we're, we're the, uh, the mother and the father. We're the leaders of this family. We're not going to be bowing down uh, to you. And, and so the brothers, they just burned with envy mm-hmm. and, uh, and hatred. The Bible says that they, they envied after him and they, they hated him. And ultimately, this envy and hatred would ultimately lead Joseph into a troubled series of life events. And that brings us uh, to our next point. Uh, Dad, share with our listeners Joseph's plight. What happens to him next? Well, that's right. Well, I'd like to pick up on something that you said. You mentioned about how his brothers hated him. Well, three times in Genesis chapter 37 in verse 4, 5, and 8, we're told that Joseph's brothers hated him. And of course, you mentioned, Matt, that they hated him because they were envious of him. Now, all too often from time to time, Uh, We are tempted to be envious when we see someone who prospers, is promoted, when we think that we're more deserving. Well, James, the New Testament writer, he warns us in James chapter 3, verse 16, that we must be careful not to be envious. James writes, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion exists. And every evil thing are there. Now, this might be talking to some out in our podcast audience. Perhaps you work in an office or in a company somewhere, and there are people that are getting promotions, and, you know, those uh, others that work around them are envious of them. They don't deserve that promotion. Uh, They've been. They've been kissing up to the boss, so to speak, trying to to get on the boss's good side. Well, we've got to be careful. Allow God to handle things, folks. Because of envy, Joseph was sold by his brothers to be a slave to a bunch of Midianite merchants going to Egypt. His brothers, after they sold Joseph as a slave, they thought, well, what are we going to tell Dad? And so when they returned back home, because they'd been out there, uh, you know, with with the sheep and the goats and taking care of the animals, when they returned home, they had dipped his his coat of many colors into some animal blood. And they told their father that Joseph had been killed by a ferocious animal. So you see these brothers, not only did they sell their brother into slavery. I mean, they were guilty of hatred and envy, and they sold their brother, did something terrible to their brother, but they lied to their father. You know, one sin leads to another one. Well, this was all part of God's plan, believe it or not, because God had told Abraham over in Genesis chapter 15, verse 13, "'Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land,' that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will inflict them for 400 years. Well, once Joseph got to Egypt, Joseph was bought as a slave by a man named Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh's. Joseph proved to be such a good and honest administrator that he was put in charge after a while of all that Pharaoh owned. God blessed all that Joseph did. But as you know, when God is blessing us, the devil will try to bring us down, as was the case with Joseph. Now, according to Genesis 39, verse 6, 
Joseph was a handsome young man, which did not escape the notice of Mrs. Potiphar, who became infatuated with Joseph and said to him in Genesis 39, 7, Come, lie with me. Now, this is the first recorded incident of sexual harassment in the workplace. Think about it. It happened 4,000 years ago. But Joseph was a man of character, and he rejected Miss Potiphar's advances. But temptation often does not go away. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 39, I'm going to read that verse 12 to you in just a moment. Genesis 39, Then she called him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Now, when it comes to uh, the sin of fornication, the Bible says that we are to flee. We are to run from it, run from it. And that's exactly what Joseph did. Now, Joseph, as he ran and he, you know, he pulled his arms out of his coat as she latched onto his coat, uh, he may have lost his coat, but he kept his character. Angry because Joseph rejected her, she lied to her husband, Potiphar, and told him that Joseph tried to rape her. And as a result, Joseph was put by Potiphar in prison for a crime that he did not commit. Listen, out there in podcast land, have you ever been accused of something that you didn't do? You live long enough, and that's probably going to happen. Well, even in prison, Joseph did not lose heart. And he did such a good job at the assignments that he was given in prison that he was put in charge of the other prisoners. He made friends with Pharaoh's baker and butler, the cupbearer, when they were thrown in prison. Now, each of these men, Pharaoh's baker and Pharaoh's butler, they'd fallen out of fellowship with Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had put them in prison down there where Joseph was. But each of these men that had worked for Pharaoh had a dream, and Joseph interpreted their dreams for them, and Joseph's interpretation came true. The baker lost his life, just like Joseph said that would happen. But the butler, Joseph had predicted that he would be restored back to his job at Pharaoh's Side, and that's exactly what happened. And Joseph asked the butler to remember him when he got out of prison and make mention of him to Pharaoh. But Genesis 40 23 says, Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph. Now, as a result, Joseph spent two more years in prison. We learned some very practical lessons from Joseph's experience. Jealous people will try to hurt you. Immoral people will try to defile you, and selfish people will try to use you. Joseph was 17 years of age when he was sold into slavery, and 30 when he was released from prison. For those 13 years, he had to do two things, lean on the Lord and wait on the Lord. That's exactly right. And so that brings us to Joseph's promotion. So we have... Joseph here sitting in in jail, still waiting uh, to be uh, released and for him to to get out of jail. And uh, at that time, the Pharaoh, 
uh, who was over Egypt, uh, he had some dreams. And uh, I want to share his dreams with you. If you'll turn over to Genesis chapter 41, uh, starting at verse 1 there, let's look at these dreams that Pharaoh was having. It says, Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river, and suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after him, uh, after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly cows and the gaunt uh, cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly there were seven heads of grain that came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads, uh, blighted by an east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin hands, thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke. And so Pharaoh was a little distressed. He, he had these dreams. He couldn't make sense of them. And so uh, Pharaoh, you know, as being the, the king there and the main person in charge in Egypt, he obviously had a large court of, of magicians and, and wise men and all these uh, professors and, and uh, people that were supposed to be able to interpret dreams. And he calls his court together and uh, he, he tries to get them to tell him what his dream means. But person after person couldn't figure out exactly what these, uh, what these dreams meant. And it was at that time that the that butler, that chief butler, the cupbearer, uh, that uh, was in prison with uh, Joseph, remembered that Joseph had a special gift of being able to interpret uh, dreams. And so the king summons Joseph and uh, related his dreams. And based off of Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph predicted that there was going to be seven years of bountiful harvest, followed by seven years of severe famine in Egypt, and advised the king to begin storing up grain in preparation uh, for the coming uh, famine that was coming. Uh, for his wisdom, Joseph was made the ruler in Egypt, second only to the king. Joseph was in charge of storing up food during those years of plenty and selling it uh, to the Egyptians and foreigners during the years of famine. And so wouldn't you know, just as, as Joseph had uh, projected and interpreted the dream, the famine came and it struck and it struck hard. And when it did, it even affected over in Canaan. And so that's, remember, where uh, uh, Joseph's family was living. And uh, Jacob said to his ten sons, I need you to go over to Egypt to buy grain, because obviously they had heard that Egypt, that that uh, larger city, if you will, uh, that they had food there. So he sent his sons over to Egypt, and while in Egypt, uh, these men met their long-lost brother, Joseph. But they didn't recognize him, but Joseph knew exactly who they were. And so he tested them, and he accused them of being spies, and he confined them for three days and then released all but one of them, sending them with grain for their household and requiring that they come back with their youngest brother because their youngest brother, Benjamin, he was he was kept at home. Uh, Jacob didn't want to let him uh, go. And still unaware of Joseph's identity, the brothers, they were... Uh, you know, just afflicted with guilt, having sold uh, their brother years before. And Joseph other overheard their discussions, and, and he turned aside, and, and he just wept because it hurt his heart so much to, to relive and to think about all the hurt and pain that he had gone from. 
And so his brothers go on their way back, and uh, as they're leaving, uh, they they secretly put the money uh, back in the grain sacks that they had paid for for the the grain. And so when the brothers had realized that the money had been returned and it was in in their bags, they feared even more. And so they told Jacob everything that had happened and and said, uh, you know, Father, we need to, to go back and we need to take uh, Benjamin. And uh, but Jacob just didn't want to hear anything about it. He had lost Joseph, and now his son Simeon was was being held. And there was no way that he was going to send uh, Benjamin uh, there as well. But ultimately, uh, you know, Reuben, who was the, the leader of the sons, he says, you know, please let him go. And I'll make sure that uh, that he returns. It. And if if they want to kill him, they can kill me uh, before killing uh, killing your son. And uh, Jacob just wouldn't wouldn't agree to that. And ultimately, the famine continued to get worse and worse. And uh, Jacob finally had to. Uh, give in, and he says, "Okay, go ahead. I want you to go back uh, to Egypt." And so they travel back to Egypt, and uh, they take with them choice fruits, and the, they take double money, uh, trying to appease and smooth over this situation where it looked like they had stolen grain. And uh, when Joseph saw the men, he instructed his servants to slaughter an animal and to prepare a meal for his brothers to dine with him. Now his brothers, they were suspicious. They they felt like this has got to be a trap, you know. The the, the king's going to bring us in here and and sit us down at a meal, and then he's going to execute us. Uh, but Joseph had other plans. So he brings out uh, their their brother that was in uh, captivity. They bring out Simeon, and uh, when Joseph returned, all of his brothers bowed down before him, fulfilling the earlier prophecy That's right. that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, right there was that dream that he had had. That moment was fulfilled. And he asked about the the family's well-being. And again, he just wept as, as much as he could. He had to. He was crying so hard he had to leave and, and get away uh, and, and to cry. Before sending them back to their father, Joseph decided to test them one more time uh, by returning the money for the grain sack and, and placing his silver cup in Benjamin's sack. He let the brothers uh, get started on their journey, and then he sent his uh, his men after them, and they ultimately found Benjamin and found the cup and you know were threatening to, to kill Benjamin because he had stolen uh, from you know this, this uh, ruler here in Egypt, Joseph. Being back in Joseph's presence, though, Judah pleaded with, with, with Benjamin's uh, for Benjamin's life saying that if Benjamin were to die, so would Jacob. Uh, Judah told of Jacob's grief over the loss of his son Joseph and his belief that he could not uh, bear to lose Joseph's brother. Uh, Judah also spoke of the pledge to, to Jacob to offer his life for Benjamin's. And so this just really proved to Joseph that his brothers had a change of heart. And it was at that time that he just began to weep openly and loudly, just crying with a loud voice. The Bible says that his his cries were so loud that the entire uh, household of Pharaoh heard him crying, and he revealed himself to his brothers. Joseph immediately reassured them, telling them not to, to be angry with themselves for what they had done to him and saying that God had sent him to Egypt in order to preserve them. Ultimately, Joseph sent his brothers back 
uh, to go retrieve his father and to bring the remaining of the household to live uh, with him there in Egypt where Joseph could provide for them. So just an amazing story of turns and twists of how uh, Joseph ultimately was promoted and then was able to reconcile with his, with his family. And ultimately, they continued to live there in Egypt for uh, quite some time. And that brings us towards the end of Joseph's life. And we learn about Joseph's proclamation. In Joseph's life, we learned that adverse circumstances always have a hidden purpose. Usually, you don't discover the purpose while you're still g- going through the pain. But after the pain is passed, you discover that purpose. That's why we should never judge the path God leads us down until we get to the end. Now, having said that, mentioned the word end, we're now going to jump ahead and we're going to touch on the end of Joseph's life. Well, just before Joseph died, Joseph uh, got his brothers together. His brothers certainly were thinking, well, you know, our daddy's dead, and so Maybe Joseph was just good to us for our father's sake. And so Joseph could tell that they were, they were a little bit worried, a little bit concerned. And Joseph, he said to them, don't be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Now, I've thought about that many a time, what Joseph said. Sometimes, you know, people do things to hurt you. And, and you think, boy, I'd like to really get them, you know. But because the Bible tells us that... uh that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. It's not up to you and me to repay anybody for any wrong that they've done to us. We've got to leave room for the vengeance of God. Uh, We're to love people and we're to forgive people. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And when we take the place of giving vengeance out on people, then we're taking the place of God. And so Joseph, listen to what he said again. Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? He didn't try to take the place of God. And then he went on to say in verse 20, But as for you, you meant evil against me, that God meant it for the good. God meant it for the good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And therefore, he said, don't be afraid. And he comforted his brothers and spoke kindly to them. Well, we also find out that Joseph, as he was nearing his death, he said in verse 24 to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. Now, Joseph, he knew the promises that God had given Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, his father, that their people, their family, they would live in Canaan, that Canaan would be their land. But he also knew that God told Abraham, and I alluded to that earlier in our podcast in Genesis 15, 13, that your people, God talking to Abraham, is going to be sojourners in a land that's not theirs. And of course, we know that land to be Egypt. They'll be servants or slaves there. They'll be afflicted for 430 years. But then the Bible says that God went on to tell Abraham in Genesis 15, verses 14, and 16, but I 
will bring judgment on the nation they serve, in this case, the Egyptians, and afterwards they shall come out with great possessions, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, Joseph, he knew this promise that God gave to Abraham. And it was a passed on down to him uh, through Isaac and Jacob. He knew that that the descendants of Abraham would would live in a place that was not their their land, and in this case, Egypt. They would be there four hundred years. They'd be slaves, but God had surely promised that they would come out of that place, and they would come out of that place with great possessions. And of course, that's certainly what happened. Because the Bible tells us that when the Israelites, the Hebrews, left Egypt many years after Joseph died, following the tenth plague that God brought upon the Egyptians, that uh, they were told, the Hebrews, to ask the Egyptians for items of value for their journey. And Exodus 12, 35 and 36 says the people of Israel asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so they let them have what they asked. They plundered the Egyptians. So Joseph, he, he understood. Yeah, they were going to be there for 400 years, but they would come out wealthy. God would bless them. They would prosper when they came out of those years of servitude and slavery. Now, some people say, why in the world did uh, God go about things that way? Why didn't he just allow the Israelites to t- just to take possession of the land of Canaan back during Abraham's day? Well, God told Abraham that his descendants would gonna, were going to go live in this land, and they'd be servants there, and they would be there, and then he would bring them back uh, after the iniquity of the Amorites has been completed. When he was t- talking to Abraham, it had not been completed. They were storing up wrath. They were so wicked. They sacrificed children. Uh, they did terrible things. And God is a patient God. God is abounding in mercy. Psalm 103.8 says he's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Uh, God, in allowing the Israelites to go to Egypt, He was allowing opportunity for the Amorites, you know, if they would get right with God, but God knew they wouldn't. And he was was patient with them. But eventually, he knew he would destroy them, destroy the the Canaanites. And, of course, uh, as the uh, Jewish people left Egypt years after Joseph, you know, it it brought about the destruction of... uh, of the people of Egypt. You know, the folks, the army of Egypt drowned in the Red Sea. So the, the Egyptians were punished as the Israelites went out of captivity. The Canaanites were punished as the Israelites went into the land of Canaan. God slowed anger. But folks, I'll tell you something. There's going to come a time when God's patience is going to run out. Now, some of you out there and listening in podcast land, uh, you've been sinning against God and, and thumbing your, know, your nose up to God and, you know, taking no respect for the maker and the creator of your life. 
And uh, the one that wants to save you, you've rejected uh, Jesus and rejected his salvation, that free offer of forgiveness that he gives us through putting our faith in what he did to pay the penalty for our sins. And God's allowing you to get by with those things. But folks, there's going to be a day of reckoning one day when you stand before God and you'll be judged for those sins. But God's patient. He's giving you the opportunity right now. But getting back to Joseph, uh, God, God gave Joseph that knowledge through Abraham that the people, his people would come out of, of Egypt. He had faith. That brings us back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, our scripture passage for today. By faith, Joseph when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. He made them promise that they would carry his bones, carry his coffin out of Egypt and bury him with his family. Moses made sure that when he led the children of Israel uh, out of Canaan, I doubt there were too many coffins that left Egypt, but there was one in particular that was the coffin of Joseph. And we find out that uh, even Joshua, you know, he was he was the one that led the invasion. Wherever they they went, the coffin of Joseph went with them. It was a reminder that when we get home, we'll be able to bury our ancestor because he had faith. He died in faith that the people would be back in their land. Now, you know, Matt, I was thinking about. Today, I was jotting some notes down while you were talking a while ago. Joseph is perhaps my favorite Bible personality. You know why? Because he is more like Jesus than anybody in the Old Testament. Very true. In, in my opinion, even more than David, certainly. I mean, look yep. what David did. He, he was a man of war and bloodshed, yep. uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. You know, it's certainly there were a lot of good points about David and how he served God many years. But Joseph is a man that just really stood out from among the rest. I want you to think about it. Let's think about how Jesus compares to Joseph. Well, like Joseph, Jesus was hated and despised by his brethren. Yep. Like Jesus, Joseph was mistreated. Uh, he was uh, beaten, and he was, uh, you know, or he was thrown into prison, and I imagine he was beaten too. But he was thrown into prison. Jesus was mis mistreated. He was beaten, and he was crucified. Mm -hmm. uh, like Jesus, Joseph was raised up. He was raised up from that prison. Jesus was raised up after he died from the grave. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus. Uh, Joseph saved his family. That's right. He saved his family from dying of starvation. And Jesus saved us from our sins by dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. Like Jesus, Joseph forgave those, um, his brothers who had rejected him. And Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he prayed for those that were mocking him and ridiculing him, those that drove the nails in his hands. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. And like Jesus, Joseph was exalted in due time, lifted up out of that prison to be put second in charge of Egypt. And Jesus, he was exalted. He was raised from the grave. He went to heaven, and he was crowned king of kings 
and Lord of Lords. That's pretty good. Nobody in the Old Testament is more like Jesus than Joseph. That's, that's why right. I like him. I, I like that. And that's not a bad outline. Uh, literally, he was just writing that on paper as we were going. Thought of another one we could add there. Both Jesus and him were falsely accused. Right. They were right. falsely Fal- accused. Falsely accused. And, uh, and so, yes, that's a, a perfect uh, picture there. Um, and I, I think about uh, throughout the, the story of Joseph, we see humility. Uh, we see a humble spirit. And obviously, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he was humble. Uh, he, he was the example of what it means to be humble. And so uh, just an amazing, amazing man, an amazing story. I just wanted to think about, uh, Dad, as you were jotting down things, I was jotting down things as well. And I just want to think about the number of things that we can learn from this story. Think about it. We see something as simple as, you know, as parents, we need to be careful with favoritism. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson that we learn from the life and the story of of, uh, of Jacob and ultimately Joseph um, showing favoritism and, and how that led to just trouble within the family. Uh, we see how to respond to envy and hatred. And, and you know, never do we see uh, Joseph retaliating against his brothers. He always mm-hmm. just kind of took it in stride. As you were talking about, Dad, we learned that how to handle sexual temptation. Run. Get mm-hmm. out of there. Right. Get away from it. Flee from it, as you were saying. And uh, we, we see... A uh, lesson of forgiveness here. Uh, think about, uh, I don't think anyone would have really blamed uh, Joseph if he saw his brothers, if he would have just turned them away and said, nope, I don't have any grain for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't do that. He right. he forgave and he showed mercy to uh, his brothers. Think about how evil and bad they were to him to to sell him into slavery, uh, their own their own blood, mm-hmm. and then to go tell his dad that he's dead. I mean, right. that's a terrible plan that they put mm-hmm. together. And so uh, Joseph had every right to be angry and upset and and want to retaliate, but he showed mercy and he forgave them. And then overall, you just see the sovereignty of God in this process. And, you know, we talk about Joseph was not in the Messianic tribe, right? We know the Messianic tribe, tribe of Judah, uh, Mm -hmm. coming through there. But Joseph plays an integral role. I mean, if we just look at it from pure human stance, Israel, or Jacob, who was renamed Israel, and his sons are living in Canaan in the midst of a famine, okay? Mm -hmm. Had it not been for Joseph and his position and being able to take care and provide for his family, that family could have died. Mm -hmm. They they could have been wiped off the map. But you see, God was moving pieces around, and, and he was putting things in place to make sure that Jacob, Israel, and the the 12 tribes that would come for him would continue on and make it through. And that's just so amazing. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Joseph, he didn't see it while he was sitting in prison. He couldn't understand what God was doing. Um, he didn't understand when, you know, he he was, uh, you know, being falsely accused of what, what was happening here. He probably was just you know, just at a loss for why is all this bad things happening to me? Mm-hmm. I, I've tried to do my best to 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 live right and to be uh, to be a good person and and to to follow the commands of God, but all this stuff's just happening to me. But at the end of his life, he was able to look back at it and he said, "You know what? God was working, and it was I had to go through all of this stuff, but the reason for it was I was here and I was put in this position so that I could." provide and take care of my family. And that's pretty right. amazing. I think mm-hmm. I think about us in our, our day-to-day lives. Um, all of us are, go through trials and troubles um, and, and, and tribulations uh, just as part of this world. And, and sometimes you're in the midst of a storm and you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't understand why in the world I'm in this storm. There's nothing good that can come from this. But, you know, we just got to be patient. 
We got to be uh, faithful as as Joseph was. We never saw Joseph lose his faith, and we never mm-hmm. see him, you know, sh- you know, lash out and God and say, "God, I've tried to serve you, and look at this, I'm in jail." Never do we see that recorded in Scripture. He was patient. He just waited on God's waited on God's timing. And ultimately, God took him through some stuff. I mean, some bad stuff. Right. You know, slavery, prison. But ultimately, he brought him through on the other side. And he was able to see that, yeah, I went through all of that stuff. And it was real bad. And it was real dark. And it was, it was, it was probably the darkest time of my life. But it had a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that's something I think that there's listeners out there that need to hear that. I think there's people that are listening. And they're in the midst of one of those storms. Um, they're going through a tough time right now. And they 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 just can't figure out why in the world would all of these things be happening to me, and uh, and just from our human perspective, we say there's nothing good that can come with this. Um, but if we're patient and we keep our faith and we uh, trust in God, I think our Bible shows over and over again um, that if we let God do His work and His will, He's going to bring us through. It may not be the solution that we want. It may not be how we want. Uh, but ultimately, he's going to get us through to the end. And when he does, it is going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to look back at where we came and we go, boy, I didn't see that coming. Right. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have made this happen because of all of this. But God's way and God's timing is better than ours. And so uh, just just some awesome things here. Another thing that I see from uh, Joseph's story is about using uh, the gifts God gave us. Right. I mean, obviously, he was given the gift of being able to interpret dreams and he he used that gift, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, he used his talents of 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 being a leader and, and and being able to organize, and those were God given abilities, and he used those, and it showed he was able to use them in Potiphar's house. He was able to use them ultimately as leading, um, as the second in charge in Egypt. Uh, so using the gifts that God gave him, and so just yeah, just an amazing story here, a life of faith, um, and he finished strong, right? You know, as we read there in those last days of his life, uh, he he was clinging to the promise, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, it's it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm I'm not going to get to see it, but he passed that on to the next generation, right. and made sure that their faith was there and that they believed in the promise so that it content continue on. And, you know, the last uh, three or four people we've talked about, that's been one of the key things of passing it on to the next generation, making sure that faith and that belief in the promise of God uh, continues and goes forward. So, uh, wow, Joseph, that's, yeah. he, he's a great character. Isn't that's he? right. Great character. Well, I hope all of you who are listening uh, got a lot out of this uh, episode today. I'd encourage you. Uh, we covered a lot of Scripture uh, of course, we did it in in just summarization and in paraphrasing, uh, but I'd encourage you to go back uh, Genesis chapter thirty seven and just read through the end of the 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 book there of Genesis. That'll take you through the life of Joseph, and there's so many nuggets there. There's so many twists and turns. Um, you know, I, 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 a lot of people like to watch movies and dramas, and I'll be honest with you, Dad, Hollywood ain't ever produced anything as, quite as good as the story there we see of Joseph. And, That's right, and the twist and turns. So. Uh, I encourage you to turn off that TV and, and get in God's Word. Read that uh, for your entertainment and, uh, and and meditate on that and try to pull out what God wants to to teach you from that. And so uh, we're going to continue on in our series. Uh, when we come back with you next week, uh, we encourage you to tell someone about the Bonefire Podcast. Be studying in God's Word. Uh, be living that life of faith. Uh, finishing strong. That's our goal. Uh, that's our hope. And uh, as we said before, send us an email. Love to connect with you. Love to hear from you. And I uh, hope you have a great week. Dad, will you pray us out of here? Sure. Our Father in heaven, we want to let you know, Father, we love you, and we're thankful, Lord, you love us. 
Our Father, thank you for placing uh, the story of Joseph's life in the Word of God. Lord, there's been many uh, uh, people through the years I know that have uh, been in situations, they serve you, and Lord, uh, they thought about Joseph and what he went through, and it gave them encouragement to persevere. And uh, thank you, Lord, that we've learned from his life today. And God, we pray that you would use this this lesson on the life of Joseph to speak to people, increase their faith. And we pray, Lord, for those that might not know Jesus yet as their Lord and Savior, that they might come to realize that he loved them enough to die for them, to pay the penalty for their sin, that they could be forgiven, that he was buried and he came back to life to prove that he, he was the Son of God and to take us to heaven. Lord, help them to have faith in what Jesus did, to believe. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.